Hey guys, this is the C3 Church Malmo podcast. I am believing God will speak to you today and that a greater level of faith will be unlocked in your life. For more information about C3 Church, go to c3malmo.se. God bless. Good morning, church. I'm really happy to be here with you this morning. Uh, really excited to bring this Valentine's message to you. But before I do that, I just uh, wanted to reflect on this week. Uh, what a fantastic blessing uh, this week has been uh, when it comes to uh, the fasting that we did as a church. And I say it's a blessing because it's an opportunity to be able to connect with our maker, our creator. And I think for me, this is so important to be able to come into a place where we listen and hear what the word, uh, uh, what the Lord has to say through his word and uh, reflect uh, upon that. And we come to a place where we are uh, at a place of desperation many times in our lives, wanting to see breakthrough. And so during the time of, uh, of devotion, when we spend time in the Word, uh, praying that the Lord uh, uh, comes and, and does a breakthrough in our lives, uh, I really believe that the Lord sees our heart, sees our, the condition of our heart in wanting to see this breakthrough and yearning deeply to be able to see this. And so we heard from some amazing people uh, this week, uh, the church members, uh, bringing a devotion, bringing a reflection I'm so thoroughly uh, and deeply impressed with people's um, depth uh, that we have in this church and, the, and, and their reflections and their wisdom uh, within this area. And um, I was so, uh, so, so impressed and so excited uh, to hear well, what people had to say. So uh, for those who, who haven't heard all the devotions, you can go back onto that news channel and take a look and, and hear what everyone has to say. Uh, it truly is uh, inspirational. So again, thanks, guys. What a fantastic job you have done uh, this entire week. It's Matz's birthday. Uh, so it was yesterday, uh, Saturday. So Matz, I hope you had a good uh, time with the family. We love you immensely, you and your beautiful family. Uh, and so we, we just uh, trust and pray that you had such a good time. And uh, you're such a pillar of strength in this church. And we love you dearly, Matz. And so I hope you had a great day yesterday. All right. So today is Valentine's Day. Uh, Valentine's Day, of course, is a time of uh, celebration, a time of uh, spending time together as loved ones, uh, a time where there's hearts, uh, chocolates, flowers, cupids, and, and uh, these little harpoons. Uh, and so, of course, it's a, a wonderful, wonderful message uh, of love. Uh, but I wanted to, to bring you uh, a different view as well, too, on, on the topic of love. And today, my message title is God's Romance, The Love of God. And so I want to share a little bit uh, about that with you. And so when the biblical sermons on, on Valentine's uh, starts rolling in, sometimes the men, I know you guys feel a little bit, ah, this is for the ladies, because the Bible uh, typically identifies God as, as a man. You think, well, that, you, know, you can't really resonate with that. You can't really assimilate with that. Uh, but the Bible says in Genesis that God is neither uh, man nor woman. And it says that he was, uh, we've been made, we as man and woman, have been made in his image. And so that's so important to, to realize that. And so guys, I want you guys to make sure that you're tuning in uh, to this message uh, and not tune out. All right? Is that okay? Great. Um, so we heard from a couple of couples uh, over uh, uh, this, uh, this week. Uh, I was recording them and, and, and uh, Quentin as well too, so you guys heard from them. Uh, and it was so fantastic. I, I really enjoyed hearing the stories of what they thought was uh, the most romantic uh, moment or, or uh, opportunity. Uh, and so, of course, they, uh, even Christelle and myself, we were a little bit misaligned. misaligned. Uh, Christelle spoke about a romantic event that happened 15, 16 years ago. 
And I was thinking, whoa, hang on a second, I need to, <laughs> I need to make some adjustments in my, my romance, uh, because if uh, she refers to it being so far away, I, I, I need to pick up my game again to be able to get to that state of being romantic. I guess it's probably coupled to, to the youthfulness of, of my day. Um, but you know, hearing, um, hearing from these people also helps me reflect as well too. So since we as human beings are, are made in the image of God, God also naturally has a, a, a dimension of a romanticism uh, about him. And so my question today to you is, you know, what is, what is the most romantic thing that God has ever done for us that has ever swept us off our feet? The question that we ask these four couples. And so I'm going to get to that question um, basically at the end of my message, but I want to, I want to build up uh, towards that uh, and uh, so that you guys can understand the, the love that God has for us. So I want to start this message today out of a well-known verse. Uh, it's John 3, 16. And it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. All right? So that's, that's really uh, the message that I want to give you today. And, and, so, one, uh, and so therefore, um, as, I, as I move on in my message, I want to highlight a, a, a romantic biblical principle, right? So in, throughout the Gospels, uh, uh, it, we, it's spoken about that uh, we as the church are the bride uh, of Christ and Christ being the bridegroom. And so I want to I try and reflect a little bit on some ceremonial biblical marriage principles that took place or steps that took place to try and un- help you understand the correlation between what God uh, re- says uh, in, in that message or that illustration or analogy uh, and, and how we uh, can couple that uh, to our salvation. But before we do that, let's, uh, let's take a moment and pray. Father, I want to thank you for this amazing day, Father, this day of, of love, Father. And Lord, I want to pray that you may anoint my words right now as I bring your message and that I may bring a word in season, Father, for your people. And allow, Father Lord, my words to touch and, and, to, and to allow my words to, to have people's eyes open, Father, to what it means to be loved, Father. And that the love of Christ, Lord, transcends, Lord Jesus, all forms, and I want to ask that your blessing may be upon my words right now, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. All right, so I'm going to explain a little bit on what the biblical uh, ceremonial steps that took place in, in, a, in a marriage setup. So there's four phases, right? Uh, so the first phase is what is called the betrothal phase. The betrothal phase is what happens is that a, a, a couple or, or a, a man and a woman are, are betrothed to each other. So they are effectively promised to each other. There's a unity that takes place. There's a, there's a commitment that takes place. And so this, this betrothal period, this very first step, uh, is, 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 is not just the, the typical engagement that we uh, experience today where you propose to your wife, uh, you know, you go on one knee and you ask uh, for, her, for her hand in marriage. It's more than that. It's, it's effectively being married without having the ceremony. So that's, that's the extent of what the betrothal uh, phase was all about. And so um, the, the, second, the second step was uh, where the friend of the bridegroom, all right, he was a, a loyal, trusted friend of the bridegroom. He would, he would, uh, he would take care of the, uh, uh, of the wife-to-be and make sure that she is prepared for the wedding, uh, to make sure that she is uh, ready, that everything is in place. 
he probably went around and, and handed out all the wedding invitations. You know, there was no vehicles back then, no postal service. So he probably had to do things by foot or by, by horseback. And, and many relatives lived in, in far distant lands, so he had to do that. And I'm sure uh, closer to the time he was there busy preparing, uh, making sure that uh, the food was in place, that the wine was, uh, was ordered, uh, and that the, that the, um, uh, the bride had her, her dress and her hair prepared and, and that there was flowers and so forth. So he was the helper. Uh, he, he had a, a specific role that he played in making sure that the bride was fully prepared uh, for the wedding. The second phase is, the, uh, is what is called the procession, right? So on the day of the wedding, uh, the bridegroom would leave uh, his father's house uh, and then make his way to the, to the house of the father of the, of the bride. So in those days, uh, the, the ladies stayed with their, uh, their family up until the time they got married. And so he would, he would come unannounced. He would, uh, there would be a day, of course, uh, knowing when the marriage would be. But the bride would not know when the bridegroom would be coming, right? So she had to basically get prepared probably early in the morning um, and, and uh, ensure that she is ready for whenever the bridegroom uh, arrives. Um, if it was Christelle, she'd probably have me waiting out the door for a, for a while. But that's okay. Um, but uh, nevertheless, uh, the bride had to be ready at any given time in that day uh, because the, the bridegroom would arrive uh, whenever you know, he sort of pleased. So that, that was the setup back then. Uh, then we had the, we had this, uh, the fourth section, right? Uh, it was with the ceremony and, and the feast. So the, the bridegroom would pick up the bride at, at the uh, bride's uh, father's house. They would then uh, make their way uh, to the bridegroom's father's house, right? And right over there, they would have the, the ceremony, uh, and they would also then have the wedding feast. They would sometimes last uh, for a couple of days, maybe a week or two. So, um, so extensive celebrations uh, that happened in the day. And so what I want to try and do now is try and link uh, these four steps, this biblical ceremonial steps, uh, to our salvation and our faith, right? So the very first step, this, uh, the step of betrothal, is, is uh, what we can read about uh, in Ephesians 1, verses 13. So if you have your Bibles with me, turn, turn uh, there. I'm reading, reading out of the ESV version. You also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked with him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. So this is the step that you've taken, right? So the betrothal, uh, uh, the betrothal step is that when you decided to follow Christ, the day that you heard the message, when you heard the truth, you decided in your heart that this is something that you said yes for. Uh, and so this is the, the step of, of salvation that we took. It's the very first step. It's the, the commitment to Christ. So you are brought into unity with Christ in the time when you decided uh, to say yes to Christ. And so this is also, again, why we have, we have been identified as the bride uh, of the bridegroom, Jesus Christ. So we have committed ourselves. The second step is uh, the Holy Spirit is the friend of, of the bridegroom. So as I mentioned from before, a trusted friend would look after the bride in getting her prepared for the wedding. And this is the role of the Holy Spirit. He is the helper. And so we read about this in John uh, 14, verses 26, also out of the ESV version. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Right? So again, the Holy Spirit has this role to play in getting us prepared 
So um, for, for those um, who have invited the Holy Spirit into their lives, you will know that when, when you take certain decisions or when you are uh, at a place of indecisiveness or you need to go uh, and, and uh, speak to someone and, and you, you find words coming out of your mouth, which you think, wow, where did that come from? That is the Holy Spirit. And I found myself in so many situations where I've had to take some crucial decisions in my life, where I've had to have some crucial conversations and difficult conversations. And before I do that, I ask and I pray, Holy Spirit, guide me, allow me to, to speak words of wisdom, words of compassion, words that, that really uh, um, exonify your love. And, I wanna, uh, and, and so this is the role of the Holy Spirit. It helps, he helps us get prepared for the coming day of Jesus Christ, the second coming. And so this is the role of the Holy Spirit. Um, the third step is, is the bridegroom proceeds, uh, bridegroom proceeds to the Father's house. So in Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13, I'm not going to read the whole passage, but effectively um, this, uh, the, this piece speaks about the, the ten bridesmaids who go out with their lamps and, and wait for the, for the bridegroom to arrive. They wait so long that nightfall comes and the bridegroom arrives in the middle of the evening. Uh, and so that there's, there's five of the bridesmaids who have brought enough oil or brought oil in their lamps to be able to, to, uh, to light them up and to, to see the bridegroom and follow him uh, to, to the wedding. And the other five, they did not bring any oil, and so they had to run back to the shop to go buy some. By the time they came back, they'd find, found that the bridegroom and the, the five uh, bridesmaids who had brought uh, oil with them had already left and uh, had already proceeded to the, uh, uh, to, to the wedding. And so um, what this story really says is that uh, we need to, to make sure that we are prepared for, for the second coming of Christ. Christ can come at any time. Uh, and it says in the word that we do not know the day or the hour of when Jesus will come again. And so therefore we need to prepare, be prepared always. Make sure that your, your lamp is filled with oil. Make sure that your lamp is, is, is ready to be lit by the time Jesus comes so that we can follow him uh, towards uh, the, uh, the wedding feast. And so the fourth, uh, the fourth area is, um, as the bride of Christ, uh, prepared for the ceremony uh, and feast. And so I want to read out of Revelations 19, uh, verses 3 to 6, uh, and it goes like this. When I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made himself ready, herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given for her to wear. Then the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. This celebration is for you and myself as the bride of Christ to make ourselves ready for the Lamb. Remember that the help of the Holy Spirit is there for us to help us get prepared for this wedding feast. This is the ultimate culmination of, of what our faith is all about, getting prepared, getting ready for that, for that wedding, for that feast, to be with Christ one day up in heaven. And so I think this is what we work for, guys. This is what we are, are striving for towards a seeing in our lives. And I want us to, to reflect upon that and this is, again, this is why uh, we, we live, live the life that we do and the way that we do and the sacrifices that we make uh, to be able to see the glorious uh, heaven one day. 
And so I want to encourage you guys to, to, to think about that uh, this morning. Do you think about the love uh, that Jesus has for us so much that he, that he wants us to be betrothed to him? Uh, and so uh, I want to encourage you uh, to think, think that through. And I, as, I, as I wrap up this message, um, I, I want us to, to understand the gift that we have, been, uh, that we have received uh, in the form of Jesus Christ in our lives. And what I love about the ceremonial procedure is the love that God the Father has shown towards us in this betrothal marriage step. So as a part of this betrothal uh, step, uh, it, it's, it's called the uh, Kudushian. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, so the father of the bridegroom, what he did is that he was obligated to be able to give a gift uh, to the bride and her family. And so this, this gift can come in the form of money, it could come in the form of livestock. Uh, I'm not sure if we would trade livestock today. I, I have a few sheep, so um, maybe if my boys, um, uh, their, their future wives, maybe their father is, is interested in that. I'm not sure that's going to work. But uh, typically, um, they gave, uh, uh, or, or they gave a, a gift as well too. Or, or it could also be in the form of a service. So it depended on the situation that the, that the family had. So back to my original question uh, that I asked in the very beginning. What do, we, what do we think is probably the most romantic thing that God has ever done for us that ever swept us off of our feet? And so I can say with a lot of confidence that God provided His Son as a gift in the form of a sacrificial service. Jesus dying on the cross, on the cross so that you and I can be betrothed to Him. Church, this is probably one of the greatest acts of love, or I believe it is the greatest act of love that we have ever seen towards mankind. I really believe that the Son of Jesus, uh, the Son of God, Jesus Christ, dying on the cross for us is the biggest act of love that this world has ever seen. And I'm, I'm so excited uh, for, for, you, for those who are yet to discover this, and for those that haven't fully understood this, this is something that I, I'm so uh, enthralled by and, and something that I'm so touched by and moved by, this sacrifice, knowing that Jesus Christ has been sacrificed for us, that you and I can come into unity, that you and I can come into a place of relationship with, with God. And so this is the greatest act of love. And, I, and of course, on this, on this Valentine's Day, it's great to be able to celebrate love having chocolates being uh, exchanged, flowers being exchanged, cupids and hops, uh, and all of these things, and, and little uh, harpoons uh, being shot towards us. And I think that, that's, that's all great. And I think, of course, that's a wonderful display of, of love. But I think when we think about love and the depth of love, um, I, I think about the sacrifice that took place on the cross so that you and I can be in unity and end up being in, in, in heaven one day with our Maker. So I want to leave you with those thoughts, guys, uh, and uh, I hope you guys were, were touched by this message today and in this day of, of love that you, uh, yeah, that you reflect upon, uh, upon this message and the greatest sacrifice in the form of Jesus Christ. Let's take a moment and let's be praying. Father, I want to thank you for what you have done by sending your son, Jesus Christ, to the cross. Thank you, Jesus, for laying down your life, your sacrificial love that you've shown towards us so that we can move into this betrothal step with you and eventually be up in heaven with you and enjoy the wedding ceremony and the feast that lays ahead of us. Thank you, Jesus. We are, we are so indebted to you for all that you have done for us. 
We thank you, Father. We pray for a blessed day over your people, of the cities of Malmendant. We praise you for this in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, guys. It was fantastic. And uh, as um, we are moving into the next series, the C series, really excited about that. So make sure you're tuned into that. You would have received uh, your, uh, your faith cards where we are standing in faith and, and uh, seeing uh, for what the Lord has for our lives, for our families, and also for our church. So get ready for that series. I'm really excited about that. So tune in next week, and we'll see you guys then. Hey, do